the 19th century, Wilbur Chapman, a Presbyterian evangelist, was intrigued by the trials, conflicts and victories of a general by the name of William Booth. Wilbur then asked him, General Booth, tell me what the secret of your success has been. I desire to know what it is. William then hesitated for a second. Wilbur saw tears come into his eyes and flow down to his cheeks. He then replied, I will tell you the secret. God has had all there was of me to have. There have been men with greater opportunities, but from the day I got the poor of London on my heart and a vision of what Christ could do, I made up my mind that God would have all there was of William Booth. And if there is anything of power in the Salvation Army today, it is because God has had all the adoration of my heart, all the power of my will, and all the influence of my life. Wilbur learnt from the general that the greatness of a man's power is the measure of his surrender to God. And in today's teaching, we will learn that the call of Jeremiah is like this. We will see that his call will be marked by total surrender. Total surrender. God will set him apart in today's passage to speak God's word of judgment and restoration with confidence. Which is our theme today. And the reason for this confidence is clear. After Josiah, the last faithful king of Judah, reformed the nation, the radical reforms, the stripping down of idols, was proven unsuccessful. The nation returned to its shameful idolatry only after a year. And in this context, God then set apart Jeremiah, the young man from the humble tribe of Benjamin, to speak the divine word of judgment and hope. The call of Jeremiah was to be set apart. It is a story of incredible faith amid severe opposition. He'll be called, Jeremiah will be called to speak against kings, priests, and prophets, and even nations. The bold faith of Jeremiah will inspire us to remain steadfast in our own context here today. In a world not too dissimilar to the world of 627 BC, which is the world in which Jeremiah lived. For in our current culture, we also see great idolatry and a walking away from God's desire. And so in light of this, in light of this book about Jeremiah's bold surrender to God, which enabled him to speak a message of both hope and judgment, let us turn to our passage, Jeremiah chapter 1 together. In particular, let's look at the first part, the call of Jeremiah, chapter 1, verses 4, 4 to 9. From the beginning of Jeremiah, the God of sovereignty is at work. Look at verse 5. 
even before Jeremiah was knit together in his mother's womb, God knew him. In the power of his sovereign will, God set apart Jeremiah for a special purpose. To be set apart means to be made for sacred use. Jeremiah was set apart for the sacred use of being a prophet over the nations. His sacred purpose was to speak the word of God over the world. But it was not any ordinary speech. God knitted the fetus of Jeremiah together in his mother's womb to proclaim his word of both judgment and restoration. And so knowing the danger of this task, Jeremiah then responds with fear, and it's expected. Imagine if you had to stand up as a lone wolf against the entire um, evil world. And so we can understand Jeremiah's fear. He says, ah, sovereign Lord, I do not know how to speak. I'm only a child." Jeremiah was approximately 17 when he was called, and it freaked him out. It scared him. He felt inadequate, too young for the task, not able to fulfill the responsibility. He made excuses. He didn't want to follow God's will for him. But God refused to accept his excuses. He reassured his chosen youth. Do not say, I'm only a child, Jeremiah, God said. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. God then reached out his hand and touched Jeremiah's lips. The touch was a symbol of the special influence of the Spirit of the Lord upon Jeremiah and his prophetic ministry. It was the gift of articulating the heart of God to the ears of man. Hence, God said to Jeremiah, Now I have put my words in your mouth. The, disqualific the, the, the disqualification of not knowing how to speak was completely removed. There was no longer any excuses here. The touch of God enabled Jeremiah to speak with firmness and boldness the purposes of God to the world. God will ensure that his set-apart servant will fulfill his calling. And so point one, God set Jeremiah apart to speak his word. But this is not just a, just a unique call to Jeremiah. In fact, God ordains many people for special sacred roles in his salvation plan, including us. All who place their trust in Christ are set apart for sacred use. And so if you believe in Jesus, you're included in that. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. God has called us. 
before we were knit together in our mother's womb for a special task, to proclaim the excellencies of God. That is why God has elected you, if you love the Lord Jesus. That is your call, to proclaim. You are called to boldly shout, God has set me free. I no longer walk in darkness, without hope, without life. God, the maker, the creator of all things, the Lord of all, has redeemed me, saved me, and now gives me the unending, all-abounding hope that I enjoy. You proclaim that to the world because you're excited about that. You want others to know about the excellencies of God. You're called to cry, what a good Lord. What a gracious King. I now walk in His glorious, marvelous, extraordinary light. Oh, how I love my Lord. You're called to proclaim the excellencies of God. And God is worthy of our praise, brothers and sisters. We who are but a worm, incompared to His glory, have been lifted on high to taste the exceeding riches of the world to come. What a privilege. What a gift. What a joy. God has stooped down to us in our lowly corruption and now sends us into the darkness to proclaim the message of salvation. The message of life. The message that completely changes the world. And indeed, it does bring life. An Englishman who boasted that he did not believe in God once visited the Fiji Islands. As he saw the natives going to church with Bibles in their hands, he exclaimed, The Bibles are no good. Your religion about Christ is false. To this, a simple native teacher answered, It is a good thing for you that we left our cannibalism and took to our Bibles and Christianity, or else you would be clubbed, cooked in a native oven and eaten. (laughs) Well, this is a radical example of the new life in Christ that God gives us. Our present culture moment is not too different. Instead of clubbing people, we destroy the unborn the most vulnerable in society. It haunts me. It brings me to tears. The liberation of the woman has ended in the destruction of the most vulnerable. The sinister fruit of social liberation without accountability is death. Like the missionaries who with boldness went and evangelized the tribal lands, we now need to... I believe, re-evangelize the West. No more than ever do we need to proclaim the excellencies of God, which brings life. We need to proclaim there is a better story, a story about an excellent God who gives life. For some of us, our mission might involve resisting the pro-choice ideology or being proactive in in this space. Helping people to understand the intrinsic value of all life. 
For others, it might be caring for the elderly and walking them home into heaven. In the present moment, I feel set apart by God to tell the youth about the excellencies of God. And so, friends, my first point, as I mentioned before, is this. God sets us apart to proclaim. So my question for you is this. Where is God calling you to make known the excellencies of God? Where is God calling you to proclaim the gospel of Christ? Where is God calling you to go? Well, friends, now that we know Jeremiah was set, up, set apart to speak God's word, we will now explore his very message. God set Jeremiah apart to speak his word of both judgment and restoration. Judgment and restoration. Look at verse um, 10 with me. God appointed Jeremiah over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. Think about this call for a moment. The teenage boy, Jeremiah, was called to stand against the mightiest empires of the ancient world. The young boy standing up against the mightiest superpowers of his time. The Babylonians, Persians, the Egyptians, including his people, Israel. God gave Jeremiah great authority, the authority to stand over all the proud nations to make them aware of their sheer foolishness before God. The prophet who guards the word of God behind his lips now wields the strength of a thousand armies. And the authority of word of Jeremiah will do two things. First, the word will uproot, tear down, and destroy. The evil nations that stand against God will be like trees plucked up by its roots. It's an image of sheer power. God is going to pluck up nations. Once the nation is pulled from its false security and foundation, it will then be thrown down and destroyed like a building, knocked over by an army. The nation will be moved from a position of power to a status of absolute poverty. Before the sword of God, his word, evil nations will collapse into a heap. If Israel continues to disobey God by worshipping idols, Babylon will invade Judah. Their power will be unleashed upon them like a pot of boiling water being poured out on all who live in the land. It is an image of sheer judgment. God will show himself to be the God of justice who cannot stand idolatry. Second, the word will build and plant. These are more positive image, images. This is an image taken from architects and gardeners. If God's people submit themselves to him, smash their idols to pieces, and acknowledge his glory and authority, the opposite will happen. They will be built up. 
They will be planted in the land. Families will increase. People will be settled. Prosperity will come. God will bless them. God says, my eyes will watch over them for their good and I will bring them back to this land. I will build them up and not tear them down. I will plant them and not uproot them. Jeremiah chapter 24, verse 6. The word of God will enable Israel to flourish. God will show himself to be the God of abundant mercy. And so my second point is this. God sets Jeremiah apart to speak his word of judgment and restoration. Judgment and restoration. That is his message that he's taking to the nations. And through the ministry of the word being preached, Israel would be destroyed and restored. For God's word is the means by which he accomplishes his purposes every time. In other words, God achieves his plan through the proclamation of his word. That's how God does what he does, through the word. In fact, the proclamation of the word is so central to God's mission that the rise and fall of the church depends upon it. For example, let's just say I abandoned preaching and teaching altogether and replace the weekly exposition of God's word with a brief devotional, what would happen? I think our church would slowly die. If I handled, if I handled the Bible like a drunk who tries to coordinate his footsteps, there would be little life in this place. We would become a modern-day version of 627 BC Israel, a nation steeped in idolatry. If I did not warn us of the coming judgments of Christ and just preached, don't worry, be happy, God loves you the way you are, our ministry would collapse unless the forces of evil chose to preserve it for another sinister plan. Friends, let us then prize value, desire, sound, Bible-based word ministry. Let us ask for the heart of Charles Spurgeon who said this, If we want revivals, we must revive our reverence for the word of God. If we want conversions, we must put more of God's word in our sermons. If we desire to see our country transformed, our town transformed, Reverence for the word of God is key. God builds his kingdom through the faithful exposition of scriptura. Let us then make it our primary goal to soak ourselves in scripture, not only now, but every day. Buy a copy of, for example, the new Bible commentary by um, Carson and study a book of the Bible. Get deep into it. Join a life group and immerse yourself into the book of Jeremiah. Bring your Bible to church, ready to engage the heart and mind. Parents, prepare your families for the receiving of the preached word, leading your children in prayer before you come to Sunday worship. Whatever the blessed word, wherever the blessed word, sorry, is faithfully preached, ask God, help me to delight myself in the blessed word. Help me to listen 
Help me to engage. Help me to grow. I yearn for your word, Lord. It is like living water that nourishes my soul. Feed me. Feed me. The heart that is ready to receive the word is the heart that tastes the fruit of heaven. And so my second application is this. God achieves his purposes through the proclamation of his word. And so when I ask you the question, do you prize the word of God? Is it something that you cannot live without? Is it something that you desire daily? Do you prize the word of God? If not, ask God to give you a passion for him. Give you a desire to know him through his word. So far, we have explored that Jeremiah was set apart from God, for God, sorry, part one, to proclaim his word of judgment and restoration, part two. We now come to our final point. God will, so Jeremiah will proclaim this word with confidence. Confidence. He will proclaim the word of judgment and hope with confidence. God makes it clear to Jeremiah that he has no reason, for example, to be terrified. Verse 17. He can have confidence to speak the word of God because God is with him and will rescue him. And God says in this passage two times, I will rescue you, Jeremiah. You can be confident. I am your security. God will deliver Jeremiah in his suffering. In fact, God uses powerful imagery to give Jeremiah such confidence. God has now made Jeremiah, for example, a fortified city, an iron pillar, and a bronze wall. This is imagery of strength, security, protection, power, reinforcement, and deliverance. The man cemented to the word of God is a man fortified in the life of God. And that is Jeremiah. He is fortified in God, the ultimate security. His armor is as durable as God is, as durable in and of himself. This makes him an unbreakable wall, able to stand against the whole land. Verse 18. The people who... The people who will stand secure here is Jeremiah. He is the person, the prophet of God, sent by God. The people listed who will fall by Jeremiah's teaching are people like kings, officials, priests, and the entire people of the land. Jeremiah will stand up against them. Jeremiah will stand against the entire political, spiritual, and social structure of his day. The entire civilization of Judah was corrupted, and Jeremiah, in his faithfulness to God, will stand up against a whole corrupted society, the whole nation, even the priests, those called to preach had forsaken the Lord and worshipped other gods. Yet Jeremiah will remain confident. God's promise of deliverance will sustain him throughout his ministry. God will protect Jeremiah. And so my third point is this. 
God set Jeremiah apart to speak his word of judgment and restoration with confidence. But God delivers his people. How relevant. In the same way that God promised to deliver Jeremiah, so too does Jesus Christ deliver us from the greatest enemies ever known, sin, death, and Satan. This gives us great confidence as the children of God. Through the death and resurrection of Jesus, we are set free from the curse of sin. The sting of death is removed and the head of the serpent, Satan, is crushed. Through the crushing of his power, the old snake has now found himself chained. He's locked up with little power. This gives us too great confidence in the spiritual battle we face. Since Satan is fighting a losing battle and since all authority in heaven and earth has been given to Jesus, we should therefore proclaim Christ with confidence like Jeremiah who proclaimed God's message with confidence before an evil world, even in the face of suffering. For through the power of the Holy Spirit and the authority of the word, we can go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything Jesus has commanded. Jesus rules. He is king. Satan is crushed. His power is broken. Therefore, because of the victory of the land, the Lamb, do not lose heart, my brothers and sisters. We can proclaim the word of God with great confidence, even in the face of incredible opposition. Amen. Well, friends, today's message can be summarized in this, with this. God sets his people apart to speak his word of judgment and restoration with confidence. In light of that message we have heard today, let me close this talk in prayer. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for setting apart your people to speak your word of both judgment and restoration. Through the victory of Christ, may we go out and proclaim Christ with great confidence even in times of great opposition. We pray this in the name of Christ. Amen.